Pubcast. If you're not listening to Pubcast, the terrorists are winning. That's what Jay Moore says. Welcome to the Pubcast with Brendan O'Neill. Sit down and enjoy a pint. There's a county map to go with the wall, a hurl, a stick in the shinty bowl, the brick, the brack, the crack, and all. Let's call it an Irish pub. All right, we're back. We're already uh, arguing. We're already arguing. Uh, we've been off for, a, I don't know, three weeks or something with schedule conflicts and people can't be here or do that or whatever. And so now we're back after a, a summer hiatus. Uh, so it's me, it's Mike, and it's Rob. Hello. Good evening. And uh, we're in the midst of the... Uh, the Republican National Convention, and it's quite a thing. Uh, Rob, what's your take on it? I know you have a lot of opinions. Well, I no, I mean I have a ton <laughs> of opinions, but I I have a specific take on a personality quirk of the Republican nominee, official. Republican Only one. Nominee. Well, no longer presumptive. No, he official. is he is the official nominee. Well, he, uh, he's obviously a puppet for Melania, so let's get that clear. <laughs> yeah, let's get that out of the way. I mean, I actually—that's a side note. But I mean, the whole fiasco with the speech actually that's reflects more, yeah. more poorly on the campaign than it does Melania. It's not her fault, of course. Oh um, yeah. I will note that you know uh, Colbert, who was obviously built for this time in uh, in in the country's history, did a, has done some killer shows the last couple of weeks or so, or it lead up to the to the convention, and now that we're in it and. His piece following the plagiarism scandal was was pretty tight. Um, they had a great impersonation of Melania on the show, and it was it was a cold open, almost like Saturday Night Live, and it was pretty good. Catch it if you haven't seen it. But um, catch it, catch it. Uh, you know the 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 ghostwriter for the Art of the Deal. You know the book from I think '87 that that sort of catapulted Donald into uh, the public consciousness beyond New York. Um, he wrote this huge or, or participated in this huge sort of mea culpa. Like if I knew not, or knew then what I know now, I would have never helped create this persona. <laughs> and he, just, he just kind of detailed the absolute logistical nightmare. It was to get Donald to just sit and talk and focus for anything more than literally oh. three, three, five or seven minutes. Of I mean, course. he would get he would get distracted or take a phone call. So the guy was a genius, and he said, listen, obviously this one-on-one conversation is not working. Just let me follow you around yeah. and listen to your phone calls and just kind of glean you know, from those conversations a little bit about you, and then maybe I'll have a few questions. And so even the fact that he had a, a, an audience of one on these conversations he was having on the phone – um, was enough for him to sort of perform and 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 you know just just be overly emphatic and and sort of tell stories, and so from then on he just realized that this is clearly just about him you know getting attention. Right. So he's so, 100% so ego. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, and it has it has nothing to do necessarily even with power, which is what we associate it most often with politicians. You know, ambition and power. Because he doesn't even want to spend the time thinking through what he would do once he gets it. Yeah. He just wants to be named Homecoming King. Right. Right. He doesn't he, want the responsibility to go. No. He, 
He sees the big shiny toy and he wants it, but as soon as he has it, he's going to put it down and, and not play with it. He doesn't care. Yeah, because he doesn't care. This is this is my argument for why everyone's so freaked out and scared of what a Trump presidency would mean. And to me, it would be like giving the biggest couch potato the presidency. He won't do anything. No, he's lazy and he has no ambition. He's too lazy. And, yeah, he has no ambition, so he won't do anything. So, I mean, at the other right. extreme, I, I, I would articulate, I guess, an argument I don't believe, but Hillary, or Hillary, on the other hand, you know, you could make a case that since the age of yeah. 18, she's been angling for this, you know, dying to have this and and has a whole series of things she wants to do and both pragmatic and political and power consuming and policy oriented. And it's a mixture of a weird set of ambition and, and power, but it's certainly not, you know, indifference or apathy. No. Well, I wouldn't say it's either of those for her. And you, no. you would think even if Trump is lazy and apathetic and whatever, once he's in office, he will probably have people around him who aren't right. I mean, well, even by I, tend, I actually think that that is one reason why the sort of quote unquote establishment finally started, except for maybe, you know, the Bushes and and a few others to rally around him because they said, you know what? This guy doesn't care. Right. Like yeah, if we get him. If we get him in, we can run the show. Yeah. So anyway, the the, the author um, put forth this idea that he just said his attention span is just unbelievably short. And it just spurred the thought to me, uh, only buttressed by late reports today, where I don't think if elected, uh, my bet, and we'd have to figure out some odds on it, hmm. um, is that, that Trump would not serve longer than one year of his term. He would just grow tired of it. Yeah, and he'd be out. And he would resign. So reports today were, um, and the Kasich people leaked this, so you know you got to take it with a grain of salt. But reportedly, the offer was, you, we want you to be the VP, and you will be the most powerful VP um, in the history of the United States. And (laughs) they, they, and and the campaign replied like, well, what does that mean? And. Allegedly, the response from the Trump group was, well, you would be in charge of all domestic and foreign policy. And Kasich's campaign was like, well, what would Trump do? And they said, well, we picture him more of a chairman of the board type, not even a CEO and certainly not a COO, just sort of the <laughs> chairman of the board. <laughs> he gets certainly a big not a CEO. big desk and the rest of it is yours. Yeah, I mean, but they're, so, they're like, C- CEO was a stretch. COO was no. out of the question. Oh, see, see if CEO, CEO is a stretch, COO is definitely out. Yeah. So anyway, COOs do all the work. Uh, the, the one last thing I would say from the piece, and I would encourage everyone to read it, um, I believe the author who wrote the book is uh, Tony Schwartz. And as a, as a result, actually, this guy has had a lifetime of guilt and was a reporter and writer, and he cut a very, very – lucrative deal with donald on on the royalties and and uh fee for the book so he like basically became independently wealthy with this one book and has become increasingly wealthy with donald's uh rise but he um he's dedicated those profits to like different charitable causes but his his point was you know if he's running for president, that's one thing if there if if you could run for emperor of the world that would be the next thing that he would do Totally, yeah. Emperor just of the universe. Just because he he wants to, he's got this chip on his shoulder that he wants to rub everyone's face in it, and he wants to win the next thing, but he doesn't 
you know, he's the proverbial dog. It. It's so the dog, funny, though, that he wants the title, but then he doesn't want to actually exert the power. It's amazing. It's, it's not to me. It's no, really I mean, it's, not. I mean, I've been saying this for a while, that what he's trying to do is just win it's, it. It's, it's crazy. Well, it's more narcissistic than we even thought. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 like I'll tell you, it's off the charts narcissistic, right? I mean, it's like someone's going to hand you the keys to the kingdom, and you're just going to basically drop them and go. I'm bored. Yeah, I that, want the that, next thing. That sounds like too much work. Yeah, or this is going to be too difficult. I don't have the patience or the time for this. I don't want to. I don't want to have the gray hair. Not that he would, right? Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I think he wants nothing to do with this. I've said that all along. So, and Rob, now, forgive my ignorance on this, but uh, is it once once you are the president, is it as easy as I quit to to walk away? I mean, is sure. It, yeah. Amazing. That's. I mean, it the, seems like there again, should be some offer sort of up a resignation place or something. I don't. I don't know what it is. No, but I mean, it's like similar to uh, all of his business ventures when he doesn't, you know, when he, yeah, there, there's arguably a case to be made that he could have gutted out some of the casinos and, and yeah. stuck with it and made the money. But yeah, why, why, time, when, you can, when you can pocket a profit and walk away with no, you know, responsibility. So, um, you know, it, it would be a mess. He acknowledge it would be the failure. When failure happens, he just do, he just doesn't pay attention to it. Like it, like it never happened, even though it's no, all if he, over him. If he, and if it, <laughs> if he were to quit, he'd be like, "Well, I couldn't. You know, no one wants to do anything, and I've got good ideas, and everyone else is an idiot, so I'm moving on." Yeah, that's totally what he would do. Anyway, they the the nightmare would be after, like you know, have to pick president a vice Pence. president and. They'd have to be approved by the Senate, and it'd just be craziness. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a nightmare. If he were to resign, would they have to approve Pence being placed in as president, or would it just be an no, automatic? That's automatic, but the Pence replacement is um, you know, approved, nominated by Pence and then approved by the Senate. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Wow. Well, Can I just uh, applaud Rob's choice of a $10 plus word in buttressed earlier? Nice. You know why? Because well placed. Because I've I've only had one glass of five dollar bottle wine. Perfect. But You're on your way. This is a great Chicago word. But it is. That's a, but that's, a, some. that's a Ditka word. <laughs> Very Ditkaesque. Uh, all right. Well, well I'm just taking 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 immense pleasure in watching the uh, the convention on mute because you know looking at Ted Cruz really helps my gag reflex. Yeah, it's well, practice holding back puke. Both of them are fairly unwatchable, but, you know, whatever. Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz has that rapey vibe, though. <laughs> You've been extraordinarily consistent with that. I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Every time I see him, I'm always like, that kid's not going near my, that dude's not going near my kids. <laughs> you guys are um, always Sunny fans, right? Yeah. Yes, love it. Yeah, when when Frank buys the the rape van. Oh yeah, yeah. Great rape van. Great rape van. That's sort van. of an under the radar show still, even though it's such well a, known. It's such a great show, though. Yeah. All right. So no, it, well, uh, wait. As, hey, 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 Brendan. As a yeah. side note, not, neither Michael nor I are advocating rape. It was just a of course not to align on a show. Yes, well, plausible yeah. deniability, Rob. 
gotta take a stand, I guess. But you know. Yes. Re- stand for I'm, something. I'm pro rape vans. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, you're not pro rape. No. Um. So earlier this week, or was it last week? I heard a podcast from Bill Simmons, and it was more of a pop culture um, episode. And they're talking about this and that, a lot of movie stuff. And they were talking about. I don't know. It was, it was some. It was about some female actress. Uh, I don't know if it was a lead or like an up and comer, and she never really broke out like she was supposed to be. It was like a uh, Megan Fox, and she had some sort of. A, she had a movie that was like Jennifer's Body or some some something like that. One of those like movies designed to help her take her next step into stardom. And she tanked, and it, it didn't work out. And she is who she is. Um, okay. They were talking about um, sort of uh, which actress really had a role that she nailed, and it made her career, and nobody else could have played that role that way, and no one would have had as much success as that actress did with that role. And the one that Bill Simmons came up with was... Uh, and the way he put it was the sexiest actress of the last 25 years. And she nailed it. No one else could have done it. Roseanne. I Bob. know what it did. No, it was Sharon Stone. Oh, in? Sharon Stone. Come on. In, Come on. In, in what? Instinct. Dude, that's more than 25 years old. No, number it's, one. It's 92. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So and first right, of all, I would. I will stand. I will stand no, on something else. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Whoa, wait, stop! Wait, Just everyone, sh- zip it. So, but there's a. You have to make a distinction on what sexiest means. Of course, it doesn't mean hottest or most attractive or cutest or prettiest or this. It's sexy, and I think the Sharon Stone and Basic Instinct that no one else could have really done that role that way and had that success with it. I think he. I think that's right. I think he nailed it. Well, I mean, I have a question for Michael because he paused and was unsure of what movie. So, I mean, was he? Were you thinking Total Recall was in the money uh, <laughs> in, the, in the racing? Or in the, in no, the racing? I was thinking. No. I was thinking Basic Instinct was more like mid '80s, mid to late '80s. That's no, what that's no. what had me thrown off. Yeah, well, I, I questioned it and I looked it up as well, but it was '92. Okay, all right, all right. I stand corrected so, on that. Do you, so, are you the Sharon Stone pick? Do you have an all? alternative pick? I have an alternative pick. How's that? Right. I will throw out there uh, Angelina Jolie and Gia which was mm. which was, was a quality movie about Gia Karanji a model and it was a breakout role for Angelina Jolie. She was a nobody beforehand even though she's um, John Voight's daughter yeah. who by the way is awesome and Ray Donovan. Um <laughs> And that really like catapulted her from there, and she was really hot in that movie. Yeah, except but for then, like that role doesn't define oh, her. That, that didn't. I mean, not that not as many or not that many people saw that movie. It was kind of a smaller movie. I don't think it had. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's that. true. That's true. I, I mean, in in terms of like large scale. Yeah. Well. What about uh, impactful? What about ScarJo, a uh, Scarlett Johansson in, uh, um. What was the uh, the uh, the L.A. crime movie oh. that she was in? Help me out. Mm. 
it's probably bad that I don't know remember the name of the movie, no, right? Movie. LA 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 Confidential. Oh. Was she in that movie? Wasn't she in that? Wasn't it Kim Basinger was the like yeah, the Yeah, yeah. Well, what I would already... think Kim Basinger in nine and a half weeks, but that's older right. than twenty years. That's older than that. Can, can I can I quickly go back to Gia because Elizabeth Mitchell, who most people probably know from Lost, yeah. um, oh, is she a gorgeous woman? <laughs> that was that was Gia's love interest in the movie. No, I know. Did... Yeah, so, I can Rob, dig it. Do you have an alternative? Elizabeth Mitchell. That's your go-to. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you're, you're, the argument is pretty strong for. Uh, That's what I'm uh, saying. I think I think Sharon Stone. On the, it really is. On the first try, I think, I think he he nailed it. He knocked. I, I can't think of a. I can't think of somebody who would have been better in that role. I as a breakout. Even as, in any way, like I think she nailed the role. I, I'm not sure anybody else plays that that well. Um, I would, you know, again, I keep going back further. So if it's 25 years, it's hard to beat that. Um, yeah. Jennifer Beale in Flashdance was a yeah was a pretty big breakout um, yeah. as like a sex star, um, but that's you know way earlier. I was thinking the the Scarlett Johansson movie I was thinking of was Black Dahlia. Yeah, not big enough of a no. movie. Which was also a film noir kind of. See the Scarlett Johansson out. movie I I think of and it doesn't qualify for this question, but it would be Lost in Translation. That's what I think of when I think of her. her... Big yeah, I mean that would be her probably her one of her biggest, right? Yeah. I mean Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman, but that again is right. 1990, so that's not, I guess that doesn't work. Um, and, and does that fulfill the sexiest qualification? I don't know. I, I think you're forgetting those thigh high boots. <laughs> I don't know, man. Those horse teeth are <laughs> corn on the cob through a picket fence. Well, I think. I think at uh, first glance we're saying that uh, Simmons nailed it, right? Yeah, I would I would have to Good. say unless I could really do some time thinking. No, which we, I don't right, have. So in in the one. spirit of all our female listeners, do, do we have to give equal time? No. Yeah, I'll tell you what it, it can be done in it can be done in one fell swoop though. Ryan Gosling in whatever movie he's been in. The, well, what was it? The Notebook. That yeah, that's one. Every, and, and, and the one that's every just woman out, swoons, just outside of the uh, time frame is uh, Brad Pitt and Thelma and Louise. Um, you're forgetting uh, the fine work of Paul Giamatti. <laughs> yeah, could really be thrown in the in the mix here. <laughs> I think Ryan Gosling is on ninety percent of American women's list. Their uh, their okay list. They're okay list. <laughs> Will yeah, Smith. It's okay Will, to tap that. What about Will Smith and Bad Boys? Kind of got my mm-hmm. rub. Will Smith's on my list. Yeah, totally. <laughs> All right, move on. All right. Uh, so, well, I, can't, I can't believe we didn't take issue with a little midget, little I, Simons. I actually thought you, you guys would have uh, had something else, but that's good that he don't fight that too good. much. I know. What about Glenn Close in uh, in no. uh, Fatal Attraction? Price. That was way before ninety two and ninety one, and I think the she's gross. Was sexier. Well, well, it, well, one last note on the on the Sharon Stone. Name the actress with perhaps the more graphic uh, sex scene in the same movie. No, well, I don't know. Seinfeld. No, very early, like one of the first, maybe ten minutes in the movie. Um, Who? I'm, I'm puzzled. Hart, 
I think her name is Ann Archer, isn't oh, it? Oh, the white. Oh yeah, is the white. Yeah, kind of a. She... That kind of popped back into my mind here all of a sudden. I, I might need some alone time. She was Jack Ryan's she was, husband uh, she twice. Was looker uh, back. In, yeah, she was Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan's husband in the uh, husband wife. Woo. <laughs> or wife in the. Um, she what's was that Jack vehicle? Ryan's husband. Yes, I said it. Yes, in uh, whatever those that vehicle is. What's his name? Tom. Tom Clancy, my man. Clancy, thank you. Yeah, you do not want to take on Brendan and I. Please do not. Brendan and I. Hold on. You must Hold on two seconds. What just happened? There must be, there must be an earthquake in Lombard. Get under a table, Michael. Affix your own mask before helping others. And when you speak, Will was asking Clancy, if you, could... you speak with reverent, hushed tones. Reverence, reverence. Uh, Will, a Will, young Will Cross wanted to take Delilah the puppy out. Oh, how is that mutt? Oh, that mutt is a mutt. She's cute. Good. She's gonna be. She's gonna be large and in charge, though. Yeah, we have one of those. She's gonna be a good sixty pounder, maybe more. Yeah. It's always good when you have a dog that, at any moment, can tear your throat out. It's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> That's how mine is. This one will tear your throat out for food. She's a hound. Yeah. She's mostly hound. So she's food motivated. Doesn't even begin to describe it. It'd be like trying to describe Rob's motivation for a glass of Pinot Noir. It's just, it's, it's like, it, it's off some chart somewhere. It's like if the chart fit in your, on your wall, in your first floor, where Delilah is for food and Rob is for Pinot Noir are like on the roof. This is tortured. It is uh, a little bit. All right. It, de- it depends on the season, Michael. First of all, yeah. that's true. I mean, it might be time for uh, go with something crisp. Let's move on. Maybe a nice, nice soft white. Uh, okay. Right, so another on. thing we were talking about earlier was uh, were movie songs. Uh, I'm thinking more theme songs, not not the theme from Star Wars, but something with words in it that was in the the top 25 or the Billboard charts or whatever it was. Oh. So Bill, Murray, Bill, Bill Murray's lyrics to Star Wars don't don't qualify. Don't count. Yeah, from uh, lyrics, the lounge singer, the lounge yeah. singer. Star um, Wars helping guys not get laid since 1977. You need Almost a new line years. there, Slim. I love that line. Love uh, that line. So, if you go by box office, if you just look at the the best movies or the 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 most the highest grossing movies out there, um, none of them have any sort of memorable song. Until you, except for Titanic, Titanic, of course, at number two. Uh, I got a couple you, others. You go down. Well, hang on. You go down, and you don't get anything real memorable until number fifteen, Skyfall, James Bond. And we'll, well, we'll talk wizard, about that in a second. Hang on, hang on. Let me set this up. So, if you go strictly by the popularity, the response to the theme song, what are the biggest movies, the best movies, the most memorable movies based on theme song. Titanic obviously is biggest with the song and biggest or, or one yeah. of the biggest with the song and one of the biggest with the gross. I, I have a question though. You yeah. you use the term you have to define the term theme song. Because well, you know, I don't think I don't the, think the main song from the movie. Yeah, but Celine Dion's song I don't think was written for Titanic, no, was it? I didn't it? say written for. I said the main song of the movie. Like Okay. 
So right. like staying alive, staying alive is the main song for Saturday Night Fever. Right, that's on my list. That's that was huge. That's huge. Uh, what about foot? What about Footloose? Footloose is on my list. Writ, written okay. for the movie though. And uh, well, obviously. what was uh, Whitney Houston's uh, song for Bodyguard? Bodyguard. Um, written by Dolly Parton. That's one of those. That's a, that 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 is like a that was like a thirty year old song though when she sang yeah, that. It's a huge song for that movie, and the movie was a middling movie, but the song was huge. Uh, I got one that's ridiculous, and it, in every way it's ridiculous. But uh, for one of the Batman movies, the uh, song by Seal, that was a huge song <laughs> that was on the charge forever. Yeah, I think uh, – can I – I have to beg A huge song is a relative term, even in this limited genre. I mean, I think huge song – yeah, Seal had a hit with it. But, yeah. I mean, if you compare it to – I don't know if Footloose or I'm All Right from no, Caddyshack or... Or how about Danger Zone from Top Gun? Kenny yeah, Loggins I'm might be the... Lasting, I'm saying the, the song Kenny Loggins alone. Kenny Loggins murdered some of these movies. I mean, yeah. Top Gun, Footloose, Caddyshack. Oh. He was crushing it Vacation. from like 77 to like Vacation. 90. Yeah. Holiday who, Road. Who's the bigger movie song guy? Kenny Loggins or... Uh oh, the guy uh for the Pixar movies in the uh oh, Randy oh, Newman. Uh, Randy Randy Newman. Newman. Yeah. Randy Newman. Randy Newman's a different kind of he's more like a composer of songs, I right? I mean, granted obviously he sings them too. But that's all he does. I mean, Kenny Loggins had like business outside of Caddyshack and business outside oh, of uh, Footloose, although really not much, really. I mean, Loggins in the scene. Gold standard in the Hall of Fame, and everybody else is trying to. Well, I mean, yeah, and Randy Newman's obviously is beyond a shadow of the doubt the like the gold standard for. Hey, we need a we need someone to write a hokey kind of uh, hey, hey hey real vanilla song for a for this you know this kid movie. I I fell asleep to the natural soundtrack for maybe eight to nine years. Exactly. Woo! Easy to do. Easy to do. Appearance, I love it. You know, um, I never saw that movie the whole way through because it was so fucking boring. Everyone uh, loves that movie except me. I think, you know, the, I'm a baseball I tend, guy. I tend the, toward you, uh, Mike. I'm somewhere in the middle. I mean, I, I'd you rather know, watch Bull Durham than that. Oh, God. Um, you know that he strikes out in the book, right? <laughs> yes, I do know them. I do know that he strikes out. Which, which as a side note, biggest balls on an author for uh, Bernard Malmud or however you say his name yeah. to uh, actually, to have the guy strike out, and it's like literally the last three words of the book. I'm like, oh, oh, crushing blow. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for reading. Here's a kick in the balls. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, I mean, so there's. I think that we mentioned earlier. I think the Bond series of books, so Goldfinger or Live and Let Die. Those are obviously uh, big hits, but you know, obviously, lately the trend is the adoption of a either like famous historical song or a current pop song, and all of a sudden, you know, that becomes associated with the movie. Which, yeah. you know, there's the old time rock and roll, or even the what the Bee Gees did with Saturday Night Fever. Although I think there was more of a collaboration there. Yeah, uh, but I mean, if you, even going back that far, if you think like. Um, Call Me by uh, Blondie, an American Gigolo. 
really, I mean, that kind of defined that movie. It wasn't a song that was written for the movie. I think that, I mean, I do think that the lost art of like these off artists, like Prince doing an entire Batman album or Kenny Loggins doing the whole thing for Footloose or most of it are really kind of spearheading it. I think those days are gone for some uh, reason. I think it's more like there's young Mr. Will Smith with men in black and wild, wild west. Mike, don't overlook that. <laughs> I won't overlook those, but you're <laughs> dating yourself because those are like 20 years ago. I know. Um, but there are, I'm there are yourself. some, you mentioned movies that are 40 years old. You fuck. Hey, I'm just well, I'm trying to give you, I'm giving well, you nuggets, nuggets see, of wisdom. Dating myself, although Cross, I think might've been smoking by this point. Um, the way we were, a Michelle Riley favorite. Oh God, written, she used to sing that into the mirror, didn't she? In the bathroom, oh, constantly. Um, written for the movie, obviously a huge, a huge, you know, a hit in yeah. in, in and of itself. How about eight? But then, <laughs> well, there you eight, go. Eight eight no, no, lose that's yourself. A song that's, movie, right? That's bigger than the movie, like much bigger than the movie. That song is actually big, yeah, way bigger than the movie, yeah. and it's a great song, and it was a decent movie i mean i enjoyed it um you know, surprising he hasn't done another you know movie side note but i, I think he, it was like it was almost like howard stern it was his it was his biopic and like howard stern stern did uh private parts and like what else is there for them to do right i mean can he play himself again you know so as, as a side note the number one movie on the billboard charts our number one song associated with the movie on the Billboard charts, "You Light Up My Life" by Debbie Boone. Debbie Boone. Yes. Really. Associated. What movie? Um, <laughs> oh my! Oh my sheet! My sheet just re- reloaded. I think it's actually um, the uh, Streisand pick. I'm sorry, but it's it's reloading here. But that's the thing is like there's a whole series of movies where they just have like a you know, Beyonce song in it that happened. To yeah, that's just wrapped into it, right? Yeah, no. I, what I, about, I uh, about uh, songs written for movies? Yeah. Here, here's here's a good one that we have glossed over or glanced over, and I don't know if uh, Brendan, if this is on your list, um, but "Gonna Fly Now" from Rocky. Right? Yeah, it's a song it, everybody knows. Well, it, it, I kind of put that in the. Uh, you know, it's more like an orchestration, or it's yeah. more like a. Well, here's the better like, Rocky. Ver- oh. The better Rocky story is um, "Eye of the Tiger," which totally. There you go. Didn't di- was written was written for the for the uh, movie, um, yes, but I uh, that one immediately came to mind and I looked it up, only because Queen said uh, "We Are the Champions." They denied use of the the. Of That's a fun little fact. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, and in great tie this week, in that. Uh, uh, what's his name? Roger Taylor is freaking out about Trump using that song. Oh, I know. That's wonderful. So they they're standing firm, you know. Almost forty years later, thirty-five. Freddie Mercury. Well, ironically, Freddie Mercury known for standing firm. <laughs> he was also known for having midgets at parties with uh, plates of cocaine taped to their head. I saw, awesome. you know, I actually saw those um, trays with v- little Velcro straps in a crate and barrel. Uh, uh, well, now you know what they're there for. Rob, yeah, yeah. I bought you a set of six. Aren't you put them on the kids' side? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. 
Uh, so do we have a winner? How do you define Purple Rain, though? Written for the movie, or just so happened that he had written this album and turned it into a movie? Didn't he write it? Didn't, didn't he write it all in with all in mind all with the movie, though? Yeah. It was all kind of together. Yeah. So I, I think yeah, it can certainly count. Or did he write well, the movie and, around the song? The argument. <laughs> the argument about about Purple Rain is: Is it a concept album or not? Yeah. We have not and, mentioned nine. We have not mentioned nine to five, which oh, is a problem. let's not. Yeah, let's big, not say we did. We, we've already thrown enough Kenny Loggins out there to make people vomit. Yeah, that's Dolly. Yeah. You know who's got a lot? Last note: Who's got a lot is um, Bob Seger. Some of them night moves. You know Points what? It's be- it, way up it's, high. It, <laughs> it's risky. Bob Seger's kind of. Bob Seger's kind of a, a risky business. Yeah, I mean, I know. no, it's risky but, business and Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, son of a bitch! Son of a bitch. That's a good pull. He's sneaky. But he's, got, is... but, but he's got Shakedown from Beverly Hills Cop Two. Shakedown, yeah. Which is a Whoa. horrible song. A yeah. horrible song. Yeah. Great movie. Horrible. So movie. I, I actually this about a, I don't know about a week ago. I, for some reason, Bob Seger came. Oh no, it was this past Sunday. I was watching Ray Donovan, and the end of it. There's, he, Ray Donovan is doing karaoke to We've Got Tonight by Bob Seger. And I've noticed that Bob Seger's songs are very, like, hey, let's let's bang in the back of a car, whether you want to or not, kind of songs. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've got you in northern Michigan. No one's going to hear you scream. <laughs> You know, Again, the, the thing, Mike, we are against rape. Let's just keep that clear. Of course we are, but I'm just saying. I, you know, it struck me as odd because I was, <laughs> I'm watching Ray Donovan, Liev Schreiber, who's who's a great actor, and I'm watching him like do karaoke, and it's against his will, and he doesn't want to do it, but he has to do it. If you don't watch the show, it doesn't matter. But um, I'm listening to the words, and I'm like, God damn, this is really fucking creepy. And well, the whole Bob Seger yeah. scene is creepy. The Bob Seger to me was creepy on his own right. and then that interminable eagles documentary that's what like three and a half hours long that it's actually good to see once but that's exactly it. but it doesn't it doesn't end but um all these interconnections between bob Seeger, don henley glenn fry and, and, and linda ronson that whole crew yeah. Of, yeah there's a reason now you're reminding me why i don't like any of that <laughs> yeah Oh, Huey uh, Lewis oh. in the news. No, don't Back even. Back the future. Don't. Ugh. <laughs> that was yeah. everywhere. Still is. That I'm song. That song. Now that fucking song is going to be in my head, O'Neal. I hate That's you. That's wonderful. La Bamba. Oh. Uh, that, that, La Bamba that, that does that not does. count. That was yeah, a movie. It, it was kind of. It was that a movie written 50 years after they hit know, the fucking ground. How about I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by. Um, Aerosmith for Armageddon. Come on, no is the answer. That's a wow. that was a huge hit, and that was a huge. It was a huge hit movie. It wasn't a great movie, but it was a huge and, hit. Anything like that the has song the, was... the stink of Michael Bay on it, I refuse to. Ron just threw down some Riley's rules, and Michelle's not even here. Yeah. How about it? I, I was gonna say more like the stink of uh, what's his name's acting. The guy who couldn't act his way out of a wet paper bag. Um, ben Affleck. Ugh. God, he's terrible. All right. He so, was 
Everyone said he was really good in that last movie he was in, the one where the girl gone, gone girl. And I was like, no, he was pretty bad. He was, he was himself. He was hey, marginal. Before we leave, can we just acknowledge uh, Olivia Newton-John between Xanadu and Grease? Oh, in those tights? And James Bond. We acknowledge the tights. Yeah. She had a Bond song, too. No. Oh. No, I'm thinking of the Scottish chick. Yeah. Who the hell are you talking about? I don't know. <clears throat> You've got British Commonwealth issues. Yeah, you do. Brexit. Man. Brexit. Let's, let's Brexit out of this segment and move on. Uh, right. Okay. We got to do the how much are they worth game. And now, let's play the how much are they worth game. Say it. Not worth game, as Say I call it. it. There you go. Uh... All right, so, I still think it should be that word, not worth game. Yeah. In well, uh, we'll argue that off. Shut up. <laughs> All right, I'm shut. Love the pop in talk over. Fantastic. I, I do love the pop in talk over. It's the story of my life. No. Uh, Another great song, by the way. Let's story move of... on to the net worth game that that you. Oh fuck! Got me all flustered already. <laughs> you actually said it. Thank you. Um. Let's do Ghostbusters. Let I like the, it. The the movie came out last weekend. Um, and let's start with uh, Sheena Easton. Sheena Easton was I was thinking of the little Scottish chick. Yes, Bond song. You're nice. All right, sorry. Um, let's start with Leslie Jones, who had some Twitter I don't know issues this week. She's yeah, SNL. She's in the movie. Latest victim of crazy Twitter uh, assault. That was that was crazy, by the way. What are we judging Leslie Jones' net worth? Yeah. Gosh, Jesus. Twelve dollars, man. We, what the... I don't. I don't even know who she is. I'm not a pop culture junkie like all you. Right, well, that's that's a total lie. First of all, and second of all, she is like the. One of the breakout stars of the current cast of Saturday Night Live, and she's in Ghost. Oh, I know she's, she's the I know she's American American gal. I do know who she is. Yes, I was busting your chops. All right, but I didn't know she was in any movies. Oh, it's got to be low. It's got to be low. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I got a number. You do have a number. Um, yeah, I got a number. Uh, five point five million dollars. I'm going to go $3.0 million. Wow. I got 2.1. Oof. Wow. Um, Low fucking bar tonight. Having technical issues. We are, we are, we are clearly far and away from the global domination of a Brad Pitt or who's our, who's our biggest number that we've had so far in the net worth game. It was like six uh, hundred million. Was oh, the, it was that the, Celine Dion, the Cuban singer. What, what's her name? Oh my oh, God! It made me. It made me really physically violently ill. Okay, what were your numbers? Rob said five point five. Mike, said yeah, I said three. You said two point one. But but I want. I I don't feel like anything uh, uh, that you're uh, drawing uh, that you're drawing from includes. The Ghostbusters payday. 
She hasn't received. I feel like you're backpedaling, Tom. So I feel like you're back. Leslie Jones has a net worth of five million dollars. Yeah, yeah, Rob. Dogger. Rob Nash. Right on it. All right, Rob. Rob's up. All right. Second on my list here. But Les- by side note, Leslie Jones' interaction with Colin Jost very funny. Yeah. She's pretty good. I don't. I'll have to check that out. She's good. Uh, next is Kate McKinnon, another SNL. God damn! Are these um. who I'm a huge fan of, by the way. You know, fuck on the show. She's very funny. So, side note, you know, McKinnon, uh, Bobby Moynihan, uh, what's his name? Tariq, Tarek, Tarek. Sure. Tariq. Tariq, and um. One other cast member have uh, do the voiceover for a big PBS cartoon that my kids watch all the time. Mm. Mm. Which one? So, Nature Cat. <laughs> oh. Nature? I've never even heard of it. Thank I know. God my kids are. I should have known. <laughs> my kids. Right, are, I got a number. My kids are two I'm and guessing. five. I know. I'm guessing, but I've got a number. Um, Kate McKinnon actually, kind of a darling. I, I think it's got to be more. I say seven point five. I got 6.8. Damn you, Rob. I got 6. Damn you, Mike. I don't like it when we're close. Yeah, the tour de force of Staten Island summer should have garnered her at least $18. Oh, I should have said $6 million and $18. Uh, Kate McKinnon's net worth is $2 million. Ah, All right, so I take one. Damn it. Us. Right. Another, another win for the bad guy. All right. Yeah. Uh, now let's move on to a bigger star, Melissa McCarthy. Well, wait a minute. Ooh. Who's the biggest, Kristen Wiig or Melissa McCarthy? I well, say we'll biggest, find out. Bigger. Melissa McCarthy's the question. So, come up with a, with a number on that one. She's got some big time series money and some big time. Yeah. You know, Heat. Uh, the the uh, movie she was in with uh, what's her name Sandra Bullock uh, at one point was the biggest R-rated movie of all time. Really? What? Yeah, big biggest R-rated comedy of all time. Bigger than The Hangover? Well, wow. Yeah, how I find that, that shock. Was it before The Hangover? No. Now now you're making me question because it was. You, it, you nailed it, Mike. There's no way it's bigger than The Hangover. Or even Hangover no, Two. Nothing. No way. I don't even think. I don't think anything's been bigger than the Hangover. Already well, first of all, the big no, no comedy, 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 comedy. Well, the Hangover the biggest, is a comedy. No, I know, but the biggest uh, R-rated movie of all time is actually Deadpool. Oh shit! Like the new Deadpool or the Clint Eastwood Deadpool? No, the the new Deadpool. <laughs> but no, no I'm now now. That's I'm my favorite him. question of the month. Holy shit. No, but I'm questioning the the the. Uh, I'm questioning the Hangover. That doesn't seem to make sense. What is, what is the story on that? Okay, can you guys explain comic books to me? No, we don't have no, that. that's a good topic though. I don't understand comic uh, graphic. I've like I never like even when I was a kid, I even like tried to like them because other people did, and I just couldn't get there. I, I, we can talk about it later. Okay. Why, do you, Brendan? No, before we leave, I have an opinion, you, but I'm not going to get into you, it right now. 
an opinion or like an informed set of like dissertation? No, I can just tell you. Knowledge. I. Um, hmm. Nerds? No, I don't have tons of information. Nerds. No. All right. Uh, Melissa McCarthy. I say thirty-five million. Rob. Forty-two million. I'm at 50. I'm saying 50. She's had some big, big, big movies. Yeah, but was she big? That's the question. Identity Thief opened at the bo- at the number one at the box office for $175 million Whoa. worldwide, and that was a shit movie. That was a shit movie. Rob said 42, thought- Mike said 50, I said 35. Okay. Melissa McCarthy's net worth. Is an even twenty million dollars. Yeah. yeah. Disappointing. O'Neill wins. Uh, we are deadlocked. Kristen Wig is the next one. Hmm. I don't. She's a bigger she's star. Bigger. I don't think she's don't bigger think than McCarthy. Either. No, she can't be, right? What's McCarthy? I'm sorry. What was McCarthy's total? Twenty. 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 Fourteen point four million. Whoa. I got seventeen point five. I'm gonna go twenty one. Twenty one even. Hmm. Just because you're a bigger star doesn't mean you have more money. But you know who proves that? Who is our who is our biggest letdown ever in the history of the net worth game, Bren? Scorsese. Scorsese, sixty million. Oh. Almost unfathomable. Oh, the cocaine that he and Lauren Michaels must do it to hurts uh, my head just to think that he is not over like three hundred million. Uh, I know. I we guessed in the four hundred million range. Kristen Wig with two eyes. Uh, a net worth of sixteen million. Oh. I just squeaked it out. Rob, you are oh one point six away. I'm one point five. Nailed it. Yeah, nailed it. Like thirty percent off. So, uh, to revisit quickly the R-rated comedy, Box Office Mojo has comedy R-rated youth, and they have, <laughs> they have what? I don't, that, I don't know what that means either. Hangover, Hangover Two, Wedding Crashes, Crashers, uh, Twenty Two Jump Street, which is sad. Not even Twenty One Jump Street, but Twenty Two. Uh... And then there's something about Mary, and then Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids, great movie. Um, so clearly, just that for inflation, goddammit. <laughs> American Pie Two holding down the top ten, the last ten spot. Um, so clearly, I was wrong. I just don't understand how they're characterizing Heat because I know it was a over. It was a nine-figure movie. And it's not anywhere near on this, so I don't know how they characterize that. Maybe it was rated G. I guess. I don't know. If you've seen the movie, it, there are more fucks in that movie than Goodfellas. Holy. <laughs> All right. Uh, the last one, the big finale. Well, we may go out with a dud on this one, but uh, is Sigourney Weaver. Ooh, no, I like that. Only because I think he's done all the other uh, Bill Murray, uh, Dana Aykroyd stuff before. So we'll do Sigourney Weaver. 
keeping keeping an all female cast in our game here, I guess. Cigar well, aliens. Hmm. Aliens got to be the biggest time. We, well, Ghostbuster. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean, think about it. Her prime was so long ago. Yeah. Like, even in the last fifteen years. Can you think of any? I mean, I can't think of much. Uh, she was in Galaxy Quest. Well, she was in freaking. <laughs> she was in Avatar. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, but I didn't see that way, 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 way out of my. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go Sigourney with a 47. I'm going with Sigourney anyway. at. Ah. Uh, 52. I'm going 35. 35? You guys are out of your minds. Miss or Mrs. Sigourney Weaver. Ooh. Somebody got very close. Uh, Has a net worth of an even 50 million. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Game to Rob, although Rob and I tie two to two. I'm better. I was mm. You guys want to do a tiebreaker? I'll stay out of it. I'll I'll pick Ooh, the person. That's a good idea. Pick the person. Um, Dan, Dan Aykroyd. No, no, I'm thinking. I, I we got to go female on this, right? Yeah. yeah. Just for the theme, sure, but you don't have to. Throw a throw a Saturday Night Live character out there, or Saturday Night Live cast member. Of note. As side as a side note to cl- uh, conclude the conversation, uh, on the R-rated youth chart, Bridesmaids is at uh, one sixty nine, and Scary Movies at one fifty seven. The Heat is at one fifty nine. Wow! I'd put Bridesmaids at in the top five. I cannot believe Not it. Youth, but you know. All right. Let's go. Uh, um, let's do David Spade or something like that. Somebody no, no, we need to do a female. So let's oh, do what's her yeah, name? Yeah, David uh, Spade. Let's do it. Yeah, David Spade. All right, you guys, David Spade. It's up there for grabs. No, no. <laughs> He's kind of womanly. Pick one. Uh, we we did Tina Fey before, so I wouldn't pick her. Yeah, no, David Spade. Let's do Spade. Right. Spade in America. He's five seven, one twenty. He's actually the uh, ideal, like. You know, He's lithe. Uh, you know, yeah. interesting side note. Uh, Brendan and I and our, our spouses and another couple couples have seen uh, David Spade live in Las Vegas. We have. Sure. It's not pretty exciting. Never seen him, but I do think he's pretty funny. Chris Farley's brother opened for him. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. It really, really brought the crowd down with the uh, pooping joke. Mm. Um, David Spade, David Spade. David Spade is far wealthier than you believe he is. Is he? Yes. I believe David Spade is worth... $48 million. Damn you, Rob. I said 51. All right. Well, Rob, take the crown. 40 million, David Spade. Nice. Shit ball. You're both wrong, but 
He gets a hundred and fifty thousand dollars per episode for TV shows. I always forget I he's th- done so many of those shows. Well, he's on Just Shoot Me and this Shit for Brains show on uh, CBS, too. But um, that, you know, I'm going to use David Spade as a life lesson for my kids. If you yeah, just, well. If you only slightly apply yourself, you could be worth $40 million. Yeah, you could be worth $50 million. Oh. Yeah. If you just know the right people. And I think David's you're, funny. If, if David's really, listening. really, yeah, you really have smarmy humor. If David's listening, I do think you're funny. Yes, He's I doubt he is. That's all right. Couldn't give a shit about. All that. right. All right. Well, well does that wrap us up for the evening? This is good. Yeah. And, uh... Entertaining. Please follow us on Twitter at Irish Pubcast. There's a county map to go with the wall, a hurl, a stick, and a shinty ball to brick the brack. If you drop one more shot, I can't be free.